back to theory and theology sorry my stomach is grumbling because i ate something with a lot of onions and spice earlier um so we're kind of talking about this emotional drain friendships um this is the third segment of this i just i really just want to mention you know i i love my friends i love my friends i love my family there's not anybody that um that I currently have in my life that I question their friendship or that I feel like I don't know their intentions um So I'm not I'm not holding any grudges. I'm not like mad at anybody in particular. This isn't coming out of these recordings aren't coming out of like something dramatic happened and I just need to record about this drama. It's not like that. It's coming from recognizing social patterns that I've noticed just because I know a lot of people and I'm thinking about the people I know who talk to me, the people who do talk to me who tell me about people who talk to them and what they've experienced also with people talking to them I'm kind of noticing these patterns amongst people that I know who I've spoken to firsthand who I've reached out to who I talk to who I go out of my way to kind of like reach out to on a regular basis or on a very occasional basis or from people who reach out to me on a very regular basis like they're there are quite a few friends that I hear from on a very regular daily basis, multiple times a day. Um, there is maybe a couple other friends that I hear from maybe once a day. And then there's maybe a couple that I hear from like once a week. And then there's the sporadic ones that if we're making plans, we'll probably talk before and after those plans and during when we're actually meeting but when we're not really seeing each other we don't really talk that much but we do make plans on a pretty regular basis um at least if not monthly every other month or so um and so that's kind of what my general social circles look like and most of my friends are in San Diego, Orange County, LA, and San Bernardino areas, uh, like the Inland Empire, uh, San Bernardino, San Bernardino County. So that's where most of my friends are. I don't have that many friends east, a couple, but not that many. And then I have a few, a handful of friends on the east coast. Um... So let's talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, what I was kind of mentioning before I signed off off of the most recent episode. I was saying, you know, I can't think of any friends or any situations where I've questioned 
the friendships that I have recently with anybody or any time where I've kind of felt like I was kind of just like left at the dust or like left alone and like didn't have like anybody around I'm not talking about favors like if I need someone to like drive me to the airport or whatever I'm talking about like um, like usually that kind of stuff I do by myself like I'm very rarely gonna ask somebody like I'd rather take out debt like a like a one of those payday loans just to afford something that I can't afford if it gets to that like if I can't afford an Uber to and from the airport, I'd rather take out like a three hundred dollar speedy cash loan or something and get my Ubers, you know, like to get to and from the airport or whatever. Like I'm not gonna ask somebody for a ride usually. Like unless it's on their way to work or something, I don't know. But I'm usually not gonna ask people for much of anything. Uh it's kind of a fault of mine, I would say too, but uh it's very rare that I'm gonna ask people and if I do ask, it's because it's urgent. <laughs> it's like, it's because I do not have any other option. But usually I'm not going to ask. Now, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's not okay to ask people for favors. It's just, I don't like to. I don't like having to rely on other people for stuff that I can figure out myself. Like if I'm asking someone to give me a ride to the airport and I don't know if they're like a timely person or I know that they have history of not being a timely person um you know that kind of sucks you know i'd rather just rely on like uber op options you know i had a friend who um i was going snowboarding once with three friends um one of them i i met because they were like a, f a neighbor of a friend of mine so i started hanging out with this neighbor um and me and that neighbor kind of were friendly and started um talking about like stuff that we do because we were like yeah we should like do something we should go on a trip or like do something like what do you like to do kind of stuff because I'm like that if I'm into like hanging out with somebody I want them to do stuff and so we kind of realized we like you know the mountains and stuff and this this dude was like you know he had this female friend and he was like yeah well she skis so you know she had like the Subaru so it was bigger and he was like yeah she goes up to bear so let's go up to bear so we were gonna go up to bear for two days and I was thinking you know should I buy my tickets in advance because I had these snow jam discounts and I think I got like 60% off tickets but I had to buy them in advance but I was like you know what I don't really know these people so something told me because they didn't buy their tickets and they were buying theirs at the resort I was like, let me not buy mine because they didn't buy theirs. So let me be even with them. And I'd almost rather pay 60% more than have something fall through. And so I waited, thankfully, because, you know, the morning we were supposed to leave, we were supposed to leave super, super early. So this female friend of my guy my guy friend that I knew I never met her before they just gave me the address I never met this lady um I just I didn't even have her number <laughs> and I texted my friend I was like hey I'm at her house I didn't hear a thing he wasn't awake this guy didn't wake up 
he slept in an extra like I think we're gonna leave at six to get there at like eight and he slept till like eight and if you know what that means that means you have to pass LA rush hour traffic and so because we were coming from San Diego so we had to pass well we went the 15 up I think but we had to pass through all those areas that had all that traffic and once we got to the mountains there was already traffic there was no parking anywhere because it was a three-day holiday weekend and we ended up driving around by the time my friend got his snowboard rental and everything um it was already like four or five p.m or something and so my friends were like you know let's just let's just get to the hotel check in and just go one day snowboard one day which would have been the next day and i'm like in the car with them so i'm like well that's what i have to do too like i don't have any other option and so i basically just did that plan with them um i mean for the most part it worked out because we got to snowboard one day but it's like you know if you know people like that that are just late and sleep in and stuff you know um that's gonna be that's a little hard um that's a little hard to deal with but it i don't know if it was a pattern because we were leaving like ridiculously early so it does kind of make sense for someone to sleep till eight instead of six but um yeah that's probably not the first time because i had another time where that happened because when you snowboard when you go in the morning a lot of times on the weekends you want to be one of the first people in the lot because the lots fill up and when the lots are full you end up not having your car close enough so if you have lunch in your car or like extra stuff in your car that you want to just go back and get or take a break in your car or something you can't do that if you have a car where you parked so far away or you have to take a tram back to your car you know really cuts into your day it could take like a whole hour two hours just to kind of get your stuff going to get back and forth to the car um versus just walking you know off the lift and like going over to where the main parking lot is that's not usually too far but i don't even know where i was going with that but yeah basically those kind of situations are like few and far between it happens especially when it's early morning stuff it's gonna happen but you know i try to just go with the flow with it and not not buy stuff that other people haven't purchased i've kind of learned my lesson with that never buy a ticket if your group of friends has not bought their tickets (laughs) like because you might be the only one buying a freaking ticket let me tell you that much um but yeah, so, but yeah, I don't think I've ever felt like, um, completely like if I kind of needed to chat with somebody or hang out or whatever, not even because something's happening, but just to like hang out because I like hanging out, um, I don't think I've been in a position since probably like one year of high school 
think my junior year of high school was like a really odd one because like um I switched out of a private school where I knew everybody since like third grade and on and then junior year I you know most people don't start high school in their at their junior year in a new school that's a pretty big year everyone else has been with each other all these years and I wasn't part of knowing any of those people until my junior year so it was kind of hard to meet people and you know the school demands were a lot different than what I was used to like your junior year is a very important year of school and usually you do tend to take a lot of pretty high level classes especially because I mean at least in the area I'm from usually you want to lighten up your senior year so you'll take more your junior year um just to kind of fatten up the load so that your junior year like my junior year I I started school I mean my senior year because of all the work I did in my junior year I was able to start school at seven I had zero period and got out of school at two for the first semester then the second semester I was done with all my classes so I would start school at seven and then I'd end at lunch and I'd go home at lunch the second semester of school um, a lot of people would work um, and you know so I basically had that schedule but yeah my junior year of high school it was hard for me to meet people because I was trying so much to study like you know I would be in the um, library a lot during lunch uh, I would try to go to some of the clubs and like I had some people I knew but like I really didn't work hard at like cultivating relationships with people because I I didn't really care to make friends in school that year because I already had friends I had friends locally in my neighborhood you know I was in a band still at that time I had friends that I saw Friday Saturday Sunday we played sports yeah Saturday we had church all the time Friday we had vespers and we just hung out in general anyways um so I'd see my friends Friday Saturday Sunday and during the week, everyone was busy anyway, so I was kind of like, you know, I don't really care that much because, you know, I'm busy, <laughs> you know, like, it would have been nice to meet some new friends, but I was just there to kind of, because it was a good school, and I just wanted to, like, get, you know, as far as I could with, like, college classes and stuff, because I started taking, I don't remember if it was my junior summer year. Or my senior summer year I started taking college classes um like I was a serious student like I I started being a serious student at a certain point in my life and like I definitely prioritized school over like friendships when I was in my junior year um part of me was like oh, I want to meet people because like I was used to knowing people at a different school but then another part of me was like well it's not like I don't know anybody in the city I just don't really interact too much with the kids at school and I found it hard. It was socially hard to kind of like interact because um, I came from this like weird private school where people, there were different socially acceptable ways of being. 
So it was more socially acceptable to be like sarcastic and kind of like, you know, like from the school, the religious school I was from, to kind of be like a little bit like keep people at a distance, be sarcastic. You could be like outwardly judgmental and gossipy and all that kind of stuff. Like that was like socially okay. And I never felt okay about it, but that's just kind of the way I adopted, you know, interacted with people. So I could tell that when I was meeting people um, at this different school in my junior year, I could kind of tell that that wasn't going to fly. Like I would talk to people and they would try to like talk to me and I'd say like something that I was like, oh, that probably came across as rude, you know, uh, and that wasn't me. Like it wasn't really who I, I was. I was just playing that role the whole time when I was in that religious environment. I was like, well this is how you have to play the game, you know? Um, so I developed a lot of like terrible habits of interacting, but I didn't like, I, I knew they weren't good. Um, I could feel that they weren't good. They weren't authentic, but I also was surrounded by people that nobody, nobody was going to challenge me on it. People would challenge me more if I tried to act against it. If I tried to act more like um like you know more like humble or caring or compassionate in any way <laughs> like I kind of was not that way at all um I mean I was internally but I knew that like you get torn apart if you were like that at the private school I was from so I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to a public school because of all that I had heard about, you know, how public schools are. And I don't want to be like a nerd. I want to be like cool. So I tried to treat people like I thought, you know, like how you see people on TV, you know, treating other people and stuff. And it's like, well, I want to be the kind of person that, you know, um, the people know but they're not gonna they don't mess with you like I I never really had like bullies or anything like I kind of worried about that I worried about people bullying me but I don't think I ever had any bullies um maybe in like first or second grade or something there was this one kid that was just always just like nagging everybody myself included but everybody she would just go around nagging everyone um, and this was, like, she wasn't even in my class, and this was, like, before school started, because we would get there before the bell, and my mom used to wait with us, and then once the bell rang, we would go into class, and she would just go around just, like, pointing out weird things, like, your jacket's ugly, you always wear those shoes, like, you know, this kid's fat, and that kid's, you know, their hair isn't combed today, or whatever, like, she would just go around like that all day, like, in the mornings, but I didn't see her any other time of day, and she was like that to everybody, so I just ignored it, but, yeah, I think going into to the public school, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that, like, okay, people are probably gonna bully me here, um, but that wasn't the case. Like, everyone was nice. The school I went to, everyone was pretty, you know, into acad academia. Like, 
you know, into getting good grades. I kind of learned some stuff about some people in my classes just from, you know, I just learned to kind of shut up and sit there and just absorb the classroom vibe and just listen to people and just kind of learn. I just kind of spent like mostly a year just trying to like take in like how people were with each other and I kind of started realizing very quickly I was like you know the way that the church taught us about you know public schools and public school kids and all that environment so wrong it was so flawed like it did not apply to my experience and I think you know um first of all I kind of went in kind of heavy um with a bunch of assumptions and then you know then I kind of realized that you know that just wasn't gonna help and you know I didn't really you know at a certain point like when school started getting harder like quite a few weeks in maybe like a month or so in to that year I kind of didn't really care so much to kind of interact so much like part of me cared part of me was like like I think I was depressed about it when I was that age because I was like I wanted friends at school but I also had like no time for them because I was like I would do homework at school because I was like you know um it was a lot of it was a lot of work like we had probably like each class we weren't on a block schedule so we had each class was about an hour of homework so I probably had about six hours of homework every night so to spend my lunch doing almost an hour I would knock out like almost one assignment um and so um yeah that was more worth it to me to be able to get done with my assignments faster um because I would usually be studying from five until I mean sorry from three until like like 8 p.m or so and then you know I'd have dinner somewhere in there and then I'd basically play guitar from like eight to like to like um eight to like ten, ten thirty, then I'd go to bed. And that was like every night. Um so I kinda I kinda like that. Um that really kinda worked for me. But um it was just a weird year. Like I don't know if I would like looking back it's really hard to make sense of it because I, I think I just kind of like wasn't too in tune with what I was doing. Like, I did kind of have all these, like, hopes that when I went to a different school, I would meet a bunch of new people, and we'd have fun, and I'd have, like, I was really interested in having, like, different new friends that were kind of, like, not really nicer than my other ones, but just kind of more, like, authentic connections. I was kind of, like, looking more for that, and I think I would have probably found that at that school if I kind of knew... A little more about like how to get there um because the way I was coming across was was definitely not gonna get me there 
but I also did not know know that. Um, you know, I I I never put two and two together. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like a really weird experience. Um, it's 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 one that's kind of like hard to make sense out of. Um, I think I was still kind of like figuring things out, like, um, like figuring myself out because I definitely knew that there were things that I had in my life that were not preferred. Um, and Yeah, I wasn't too sure what to do with that. Um, but oh, hold on, just a second. All right, all right. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the only year I can sort of think of where, um, not everything was like completely clear. Um, like even now looking back, I'm like, what was going on that year? It was kind of a weird year. Um, and especially because, like, my circumstances were not, like, normal. Sorry for all the creaking noises. Um, but yeah, because my circumstances weren't, like, super normal. Meaning, like, coming from a public from a private school going to a public school during your junior year that's not normal you know going to a school where you see the same people you know monday through friday at school and then you see the same people you know saturday and sunday on the weekends as well since like from third grade to 10th grade that's not normal you know um that's not normal so you know, I definitely, um, had a very strange kind of, uh, uh, teenage, uh, end of my teenage years coming into, like, early adulthood, but I really don't think I ever had a time period where I didn't have people that I knew uh, that I could hang out with. I mean, there were times where, like, financially I couldn't afford it, or financially I couldn't, I didn't want to afford it, or energetically I couldn't afford it, or energetically I didn't want to afford it. Um, but I really can't think of a time where I didn't have, like, a social circle. And I'm trying to think of if that's rare, because I feel like it's kind of rare. Like, a lot of people might not know 
I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily good about, you know, knowing the same people for so long, but just in a city, like I've mentioned before, like when you live in a major city, it's not normal to have like that small town vibe. Uh, religions and different types of communities kind of create that. And it's hard to kind of create a strong sense of community. Um, for me, it's it's just hard to be part of a religious community where their social values don't match up with mine. That's mostly what it is. Um, socially, you know, the values of that specific denomination and church in general, at least as I know it, it just just socially it doesn't really match up to what I've found and valued and you know outside of those networks um okay so I'll put it this way I'll put it this way my friends that are in the religion I have a pretty hard time uh connecting with them nowadays i don't write them off i'm not like completely gonna like you know ignore them or whatever it's not like that but just our values are different i've expressed my values to them about what i feel like is more of like a safe way to interact with each other and to talk to each other and you know simple things you know no physical violence, no cursing at each other. Like, I don't mind cursing, but, you know, I don't like people saying, like, calling me, like, the B word or saying, like, F you and all that kind of stuff or calling me, like, an a-hole and all. You know, it's kind of like, even if you're joking, it's kind of like, like, flipping me off and stuff. Like, like even if you're joking, that's not really my thing, Um, you know. You know, hearing stories about people being physically violent towards other friends or other family members. I'm like, guys, we're not like five anymore. You know, it's like, you know, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s. You you shouldn't be hitting people. You know what I mean? I understand self-defense, but it's like you can't just be losing your temper and hitting people. Like, I don't want to spend time around people that are doing that kind of stuff. Like, just out of control. Like, I feel like. A lot of the people I know are kind of just not too in control of themselves. And it's hard for me. That is hard for me. It's hard for me to kind of be like, what am I doing here? You know, (laughs) like, um, I don't mind like coming out of like a hangout and being like, oh, like this was just kind of like, like blah, you know, maybe there wasn't a lot of depth to it or whatever. Like, I don't really care. Like, that's fine. But I don't like when I hang out with people and I feel like, man, I wish I would have just stayed home. I would have been better off not even have having come into this setting. Um, And that's a lot of times how I kind of feel with certain people. I'm just like, it's just not worth it for me. Um, You know, I feel like with my non-religious friends, we are very much able to just, you know, if somebody needs to check in about something and be like, hey, you know, 
maybe you're, you know, acting this way or acting that way, or, you know, they have an opinion or maybe someone got rubbed the wrong way about something. You know, I feel like most of my friends that aren't religious, like we can have those conversations. We can sit and like talk about things um, and not have somebody like up in your face about it or trying to like, you know, get defensive about it or trying to overstep your boundaries while you're trying to like set them. You know, I don't really know a lot of people. I know a few that are like that in my not in my religion in my non-religious circles i know a few that are like that just kind of like these intense extreme kind of personalities that are just kind of like to me when i'm around that it makes me kind of want to back off but yeah i mean i really do care about my friends like i like other than the things i've mentioned about you know if our values kind of aren't really aligned or if i feel like they're kind of uh, not quite um, you know like some relationships just aren't healthy and you know I I feel like the ones that I have with some of the religious people they're just not healthy relationships now I will say that a lot of the people that I grew up with that were really religious that are no longer really like part of the denomination necessarily like maybe they have similar values about the sabbath or about family or about even church uh, like going to church like maybe they just like the culture of it or just have certain you know things that they enjoy um that might be religious religious ish uh but maybe they take from other religions or something along those lines like you know i've had friends like that that you know i feel like we can talk about anything like those are the those are probably the friends that i would say are kind of the easiest for me to kind of vibe with because we grew up together and we know the ins and outs of the religious culture and we can kind of like talk the talk walk the walk if we have to but we kind of know the bs aspect of things too and we've all kind of equally been traumatized by the whole religion and can kind of talk openly about things and i feel like we are all all those friends we're all on the same page like I don't mind, you know, introducing any of them to one another. We've always all gotten along. Um, you know, I'm always happy to kind of like open up those conversations with those friends about all kinds of stuff. It's like, you know, a lot of us have newly like reconnected after the after the Rona. I think a lot of us kind of fell off for like five years, seven, eight, nine years or so. We kind of weren't too in touch and then we all kind of like got back around like LA area so since a lot of us came back to LA you know we still see a lot of each other honestly um or see other people that see other people that we know 
And so there is still that kind of like home homegrown community of people I grew up with that, I mean, they knew me when I was like five. They knew me when I was 10. You know, they knew me before puberty. They knew me during and after puberty. You know, they knew me when I used to rap, you know, when I used to, you know, cuss up a storm at school and get in trouble for it. Um, They knew me when I used to, you know, play sports all the time. Um, You know, they knew me at a different period of time in my life. Um, They knew me like before my professional life even started. Um, I was socialized with these people and a lot of them have great families and, you know, uh, you know, I always value, I always value them for sure. But, um, I mean, we grew up together. I feel like they're almost like cousins or something. Like I didn't grow up close, physically close to a lot of my cousins, but those were the people that I grew up with around the same neighborhood we would skate together and go to the mall all the time, go to the beach all the time, just like Southern California, you know, it's very rare to know people like that, that you've known since you were like five years old or like fifth grade, seventh grade, you know, and I'm like 40 now and I've known people since I was that, that age. So, and living in LA. So it's like, it's pretty cool to have people that, you kind of, you know, that are kind of like all in contact. Um, it was mostly the church that brought us together, but um, now it's kind of our own willpower that keeps us in touch. But I really value that. I mean, I mean, I've made other friends along the way, but those friends, I feel like the ones who came out of the religion, um they're usually the ones I can vibe with the most because I feel like all of us kind of kind of left that stuff alone because we realized it was so hard to be authentic and so hard to just be yourself and just live and let live you know without people in your business trying to like at every turn like take something you said or did and like spin it into some drama it's like yes you came over to my house once and you opened the freezer and there was a lot of meat like my parents used to buy, um, you know how they used to have those trucks or those people that would come around to sell meat and they would sell it like in bulk. So you would get like six months or however many months worth of like steaks, chicken, whatever it was, um, pre-cut. And my parents, I don't know if it was every year or once a year, they ordered that because we eat me a lot we used to barbecue every Sunday so it was a it was discounted um I don't know how healthy it was or whatever but I remember you know we had just ordered a whole bunch of meat once and not all my friends were vegetarians most of them weren't most of them ate meat too but some of them came over and you know we were looking in the fridge or freezer for something and they saw there were all these boxes of like steaks or whatever they're like, I've never seen, like, this much meat, like, you guys have so much meat, you know, and, like, that was kind of, like, one of these rumors that kind of went, like, spreading around the church, and it wasn't like people at the church didn't eat meat, like, I feel like the majority of people ate meat, it was just customary to kind of, like, not eat meat, 
but most people ate it most people ate it so and it wasn't like against the religion to eat meat it was just kind of like for your health it's recommended to consider a vegetarian lifestyle but it wasn't necessarily like connected to salvation or anything like that but it was just a tradition a tradition um and we were definitely breaking that tradition and so other people even people who ate meat all the time decided it would be a good idea to kind of like tell everybody that we had all that meat and it wasn't like a big deal but it would be things like that where it was like you could tell when people are kind of trying to single you out for stuff um like people knew that we were allowed to watch soccer games on the sabbath so sometimes people would come over um because they knew we would have the game on but then uh, we didn't like invite a bunch of people because we knew you know traditionally a lot of people don't watch tv or sports on the sabbath and so there would be things like that where it's like you knew certain people would know or certain people would know that our family would go out to we used to go out to eat lunch like right after church if there was no potluck we used to go actually out to a restaurant and eat and because of like the buying on the sabbath stuff you know we couldn't really um we weren't really allowed to like do that or supposed to or whatever um and you know if you're eating you know from a restaurant you're definitely paying right um you're paying for the food so um yeah and church never really ended after four so there was never a time where it was not sabbath anymore it wasn't like we were going out like after sabbath and eating we were going out during lunchtime so it was usually afternoon early afternoon probably around like one or so one two but that's usually what we would do so you know we did have a few things that we uh did that was against the traditions but you know people knew about it because other people talked about it i would go over to other friends houses and they'd be playing video games and watching tv and you know going to the movies and their families would go out to eat and stuff but it's like they were so low-key about it because they never really had people over like we did we used to have a bunch of people over and so what we were actually going to do on the weekend would depend on who decided they were coming over after church and so if it was certain friends like who maybe their parents weren't religious or whatever but they just had them in the school or something like or at the church then we would just go you know and my you know my parents would just take us all out to eat or whatever it wasn't like a big deal but yeah that's kind of how it went and we um you know we just kind of went with it but yeah that was that was definitely something that i remember 
um, that was kind of something that was like a little bit of people would try to divide on those things. Like there were the people who didn't do those things, like the not eating meat, the not watching TV, the not, you know, buying things on the Sabbath openly and things like that. Um, and then there were people who just didn't work, you know, they didn't get a paycheck, they didn't go into work, but they might watch TV or whatever, um, or go to like a Dodgers game or whatever. Um, they just spend their time how they wanted, even if they'd go to church. And then there were the people who just kind of didn't really even hardly go to church because they were doing other stuff. Um, but I feel like there were kind of like these levels of people where it was like, well, if you aren't in the church all the time and you're doing all these other things, you know, like it just got looked at kind of badly. Um, and... It's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of like a sad, it's like a sad um, situation because, you know, the pastor of his main church, which is the weirdest thing to me, I mean, I don't want to put him on blast, but I can talk about my own experiences, so I, I'm not, you know, people make their own decisions. I've made my own decision, he's made his own decision. So basically this this pastor who I've known since I was like 5 has been the pastor of our the church that our family has kind of been to um since since we moved to LA for the most part when I was like 5 and so um I Um, you know, he's, you know, he's been our, you know, my folks are kind of more in touch with him than I am, my dad more than any of us, but I think the last I heard from him was during Mother's Day and Father's Day in like 2021 one I want to call it it was when we were still kind of like locked down because of the Rona and he did like a Father's Day and a Mother's Day two separate occasions he reached out to everybody at the church and said you know if you can make a video for Father's Day or Mother's Day we're gonna make this whole compilation and you know I was like I, I just didn't do it because I was like, you know, I didn't feel like I wanted to be part of, you know, that church's event, you know, of people kind of, I felt like it would bring people into my business because I hadn't been connected with a lot of these people in like absolute ages. And so to hear from them or to try to like put together a video that they were going to put on the big screen at church during the service for people to just like see me up there talking or whatever. Um, I didn't really see the point because I was like, you know, they're trying to make a display of the people that they, you know, kind of got in touch with. And I technically am still a member, like 
I've never like denounced my membership or whatever. They've asked me once if I wanted to transfer it because they thought I was going to some church somewhere else. And I was like, well, no, I actually live in San Diego. Like when they sent this to me, I was like, I actually live in San Diego and I don't go to an Adventist church in San Diego because I don't like them. And I also don't go to an Adventist church, that Adventist church that they were asking if I wanted to change my membership to there. And so I was like, I just want to keep my membership at that current church. Um, but I've also reached out to the pastor maybe twice or three times or so just to say, hey, how's it going kind of thing. And he's never responded. So I'm kind of like, okay, if you can't even respond to a message, then I'm not going to involve myself in any of your stuff. Like, this is someone I've known since I was five years old. I've known this guy for 35 years of my life. And the whole time I haven't gone there, he's never once reached out or called or had anybody else reach out or call or been like, hey, how are you doing? Just wanted to say hi. Nothing. Nothing. Um, so because he's never been, you know, he's never made an effort on his end, I don't seem like, I don't feel like I should have to make an effort on my end. I mean, that's a pastor's job is to reach out to the community. And I mean, he's kind of assumed, a lot of them apparently have assumed that I've been going to a whole different place. Um, and so, I don't know. Like, I don't really see it um, as you know, too valuable of a thing to try to try to kind of dredge up and try to like continue it. Um I don't know. But I don't know. He's kinda I don't know. I don't really want to like talk crap about him. But there is a certain point where it's like you don't when you've seen somebody so much there is a certain point where you kind of don't learn from them anymore, if that makes sense. Um, I used to see him all the time and I was super involved. But the less I got involved in stuff, the less I cared to like even be around. I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything here. So if I'm not going to be able to actually like do anything, then why would I ever come here? You know? Um, I wasn't doing praise team at a certain point. I wasn't doing any of the congregational prayers at a certain point. I wasn't on the nominating committee at a certain point. I wasn't doing any of the collegiate stuff, um, or even welcoming or anything. So, you know, once I had like zero roles, I was out. I was like, well, you know, like, there was a long time that I wasn't learning there, which was my favorite thing, was the learning part, other than the socializing part. But once I stopped learning, uh, and I still had my social life, I was like, I don't really need to come here. And I found other churches where I learned and was able to socialize, and the people were interesting and different. 
uh, a lot more minorities, mostly like Pacific Islanders. And so that was really cool. And uh, they kind of have a different... Uh, the Adventist Pacific Islanders are a little more strict on a lot of things because they have their other traditions, uh, you know, that they uphold. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not like upset that I was raised Adventist or whatever. It's just, you know, I think that's why, I mean, being Adventist from youth is pretty much the reason why I know so many people um because I was networking for my whole life pretty much you're taught to do that like not for some evangelical purpose necessarily but just to interact with people from other churches like we had a very active youth and collegiate pastor group that would take us to other churches in the city we would mingle with other teens our own ages and like so we knew people, and even now, like, I don't recognize anybody anymore, but, because uh, everyone grew up and changed and looked so different, but I'd say still the majority of my friends are probably Adventists. I'd say the amount of people I know in San Diego um, is probably like a third of the amount of Adventists that I'm still probably in touch with, just about, um... So, I mean, you know, I really care about my friends. I really love everybody. It's just sometimes different people don't work at certain parts in life. You know, it's like the puzzle pieces just don't fit. Maybe we can circle back around. I'll, I'll be, I'll have gotten over some things. They'll have gotten over some things. Maybe in five years, we'll all laugh about what things were like during the Rona when everybody started reconnecting and like how we all couldn't get it together, you know, maybe people will all heal myself included, you know, from a lot of this other stuff that's been going on. Uh, and we'll be able to kind of move forward and things might look better and we might be able to kind of be in a place where we're like cultivating relationships more. I feel like with a lot of the religious people I know, the ultra-religious people, I'm not really cultivating anything. I'm kind of maintaining things. I'm like, I want to stay in touch. I don't want to lose contact. I try to make that clear. But there are many circumstances where we cannot hang out because for me, it's just not going to help. Like, I don't want to go to church with them. I don't want to have religious debates or discussions because they turn into debates and somebody always ends up popping off can't control their temper and ends up flipping tables or throwing books or cussing at people it's like when we're talking about the bible there should be no reason for people to be that upset like like if we can't just have a conversation about it then why do people keep wanting to bring it up like so i've you know there's certain stuff that i'm like you know i don't really want to do this because it's not healthy to be around that that style of drama of like fighting and all sorts of people doing all kinds of things and like saying things that they're gonna regret it's not healthy but um on the other hand you know i would say um 
I'm glad that people kind of know where I stand. Um, you know, uh, most people know, religious or not, I probably don't want most of your drugs around me. Like, if it's not alcohol, weed, or psilocybin, or somewhere within that range, I'm not going to be comfortable around it. Um, cigarettes, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't want to be around you if you're using crack or meth or heroin or any really heavy stuff. You know, I don't want to be around any of that. Um, that's something I don't really have a problem with too much. Like, I know people who use within the time period they're around me, but I've never witnessed it firsthand. I've just heard about it. Um, have no desire to do it. Um, I get it, but it's just not for me. Um, and I've known... Some, uh, yeah, mostly it's just the the conversational part of things that I feel like with the religious crowd, that's a hard one for me because conversationally, I don't like to get in people's way. I don't like to ruffle feathers. I don't like to be rude. I don't like to try to get under people's skin. And that's kind of their style. They kind of really like like to get people into some emotional states um and i just i don't have energy for that kind of bs i'm just like you know i don't need this um so you know i've just had to kind of table it for a while but we still talk we we hang out we've seen each other we still talk like it's not like a grudge or anything it's just i've got to do what i've got to do for me too you know but but yeah like even with all that stuff you know i still feel like those people who i would even prefer a distance from just for my own emotional well-being if i needed something from them like if i seriously was in some kind of need they would be there they would help uh, you know, they'd support, um, not all of them, some of them would, there have been others that I was surprised that I was like, oh, I thought they'd be more supportive and they're not, um, I've kind of dealing with like a couple situations like that where I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, well, cool, you know, um, it's like simple things that, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so it's certain things like that. Like, I only notice I see them when certain other friends come into town, even though we live like 10 minutes from each other. Um, they don't make any effort to reach out or anything unless someone else is visiting and they want to kind of, you know, join in on the plans. Like, hey, did you guys make plans? They're in town can I join? It's kind of like that. It's not like, you know, well, where have you been the other rest of the year and a half, you know? So things like that. Um, but it's not a big deal. It's like, I'm not pushing it. Like I don't 
have to have those people in contact with me um if they don't want to be that's for them to choose and all i can say is you know that i hope they're doing well um but that's all i gotta say about this because i'm running out of time but thanks for listening